All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We've had a lot going on this week. Uh, obviously, there's uh, a tremendous amount of uh, anxiety uh, and tension developing in uh, Toronto City Council. Let's start there. Uh, Doug Ford. Doug's our man. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm definitely on the Ford Nation bandwagon. I was pushing, I was pushing Doug uh, during the election hard. I'm glad I did. Uh, for all you guys that voted for Doug Ford, congratulations. This guy's swinging a big bat. He's uh, smacking people down. Uh, it looks like John Tory's not looking too good as he uh, gives a press conference. Uh, you know, a lot of people are referring to Doug's behavior as uh, almost like a dictator. Uh, I love watching John Tory stand in front of people with a straight face and say, this is not right. You know, at there, it hasn't been given proper time for debate. This flies in the face of democracy it's just not it's just not fair you know and you know i love the number of people that have come forward saying well how the hell does that feel you know, wow, you're about to ban handguns or you're going to, you, you know, let's face facts. You're getting the backing of the federal government and you're going to try and find a way to ban handguns, ban handgun sales, ban, can't wait to ban stuff. Uh, like there is absolutely no connection between us and the shooter and Danforth uh, in Toronto. And yet here you go. You're right away pushing it. And now it becomes even better, of course, when they find out that the uh, firearm was not sourced locally and that it was uh, either smuggled in from the U.S. and or it was obtained illegally. And somehow still that translates into uh, the Canadian legal firearm community must pay. I I don't know what people are thinking uh, if they can't see right through this. We've got John Tory just shoveling this uh, crap down our throats, which is actually the words he used uh, to define Doug Ford's actions as it relates to uh, whittling down the city councilor from a uh, fatty uh, 47, and I will use fatty because it's fat, it has to come away, uh, fat. Right, 47 member uh, council in Toronto that has been known to slow down the progress. Uh, you know, any forward advancement is impeded by uh, the numbers. And I've heard the term bloated uh, thrown around. Uh, Doug Ford was talking about that apparently some time ago. And, uh, you know, it may or may not be uh, important that he, you know, should have maybe brought this up at some point. But I mean, if it's always been part of his plan and, you know, he promised to streamline the government and uh, less is more uh, in some instances, and this is one of them, that sometimes you don't need that many people, uh, you know, running the ship. Uh, the liberal, uh, liberal-minded seem to think that adding additional layers uh, of government, of bureaucracy, is somehow going to improve things. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, keeping it simple. Uh, keeps things moving along. And so the decision was made to whittle down uh, city council from 47 to uh, 25. And it's been pointed out to me that, uh, you know, when you compare the numbers, you know, uh, a city as large as Los Angeles, you know, has uh, a lower number of, uh, you know, city councilors than we do, which, you know, I'm thinking, wow, that's that's interesting because their population is like, you know, enormous uh, compared to Toronto's. So, yeah, uh, it would make total sense to have at least as few as them. Uh, So they've come up with this number 25 and they want there to be 25 councilors, which is great because apparently it's going to save us 25 million. And for the people listening, you know, that aren't really, you know, big fans of fire. I mean, there's just there's a long laundry list of uh, reasons why, you know, some of this makes sense. And so we've got, you know, (laughs) 
John Tory throwing out nonsensical solutions to problems that don't exist. I mean, clearly there's a problem in, in Toronto. And uh, not to take away from the tragedy uh, that was the Danforth shooting, it was horrible. We don't want that to happen again as a firearm community. Uh, we are behind 100% any solutions that make sense, uh, that will be effective. Uh, I think everybody realizes that your solution of banning handguns and all the businesses that will affect, all the uh, you know, citizens uh, and private owners that it will affect, uh, the commerce that it will affect, uh, and the zero impact on crime that it will have. I think everybody, everybody's in, you know, uh, agreement that it is probably the stupidest thing ever to suggest, which is why I tell people, don't bother pulling your hair out, uh, saying like, you know, how can they not see it? They see it. Uh, they don't want to see it, or they're not going to admit that they see it, but they, they see it. And this is just part uh, of, of obviously a much larger agenda. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be accused of hyperbole. Uh, once upon a time, I, you know, said that pulling guns off the shelves of Canadian Tire was a, uh, you know, a move that we should definitely keep an eye on what's going on there as, as, a, as a cue, uh, as a sign that something's coming. I said that way back when, and, you know, some people accused me of throwing up some false flags. Uh, definitely saw something coming. If they were pulling things off the shelves and putting a stop on sales and sending them back to the, you know, the importers and distributors, like the idea that uh, a company as big as Canadian Tire would suddenly, you know, start to take things off the shelves, you know, that that's a big company. Uh, you know, they have a lot of stores and, you know, we're talking about uh, millions and millions of dollars in merchandise suddenly being pulled off the shelves. If you don't think that that's, you know, a clear sign that there's a problem. Uh, then perhaps, you know, there's, there's, you know, a much larger issue. Uh, but I like the idea of people, uh, you know, starting to look for these things. I mean, uh, we saw this coming and we know they have a majority government and they'll push it through if they can, and they probably will. And that's what we should expect. And I've already seen, you know, some articles written, uh, about some speculation as to how they might handle it. Uh, you know, people keep contacting the Canadian gun vault, uh, you know, and, and I always welcome you to do that asking, you know, what is the ban going to mean? And, you know, if, 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 if is there going to be a ban? And I mean, the truth is we don't know yet because it hasn't happened, but I think the writing's on the wall and it's very clear that they're going to do their best uh, to push this on through. Uh, how they, you know, um, impose it on us is another matter too. Uh, some people have suggested, you know, <sighs> that they'll give us a time limit, uh, a grace period to turn in these items for destruction. Uh, you know, whether or not any compensation will be offered is, you know, another matter altogether. Uh, if they follow some of the, uh, the leads of the other countries that have you know, attempted to do this or have accomplished this, you know, they tend to offer a nominal amount of money uh, for, you know, the firearms. Uh, I can't imagine that they would want to pay people what they're worth. I, I think I think the country would go broke uh, instantly if they, you know, decided that they were going to buy back at fair market value the firearms uh, that are in circulation. But they won't do that. They'll instead say, you know, turn them in for destruction by this date or risk criminal prosecution. And they'll try and scare people. And uh, who knows? They might make an example out of somebody. I imagine that will happen. Uh, that they'll grab onto somebody and they'll charge them with some offenses. They'll make it some high-profile guy uh, or girl and decide that they're going to, you know, show the Canadian firearm community what will happen to you if you uh, should decide to make the mistake of not being compliant. 
the other option, of course, is to go door to door and collect them. Uh, I don't think they have the police resources for that. I, I scarcely believe that they would do that. Uh, the number of people that would take off the street and the man hours that would be involved uh, would be both costly, and I just don't think they have uh, the manpower and the, and the bodies to accomplish it. Uh, they could, you know, create groups to do it. Um, you know, so that's not to say it couldn't happen. Uh, I, I, I don't want to believe that they would push it that far. I think that that would truly be, you know, a Gestapo-like maneuver uh, if they started going door to door and and collecting guns. Uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. I, I think that more likely they're going to give us a deadline date and make an example, like I said, out of somebody, and uh, and or we're you know we're going to have to fight this tooth and nail. Uh, I think that it's really important now to look to our lobby leaders and to ask them, you know, why aren't you guys working together? I mean, we clearly have a lot at stake here. Uh, you have your resources. You have your resources. I mean, we should pool our resources to make that happen. Uh, I did hear somebody mention a, a rally. That was something I called for for probably the better part of a year. Uh, you know, just a little preemptive strike, show up and, you know, in great numbers uh, and, you know, probably have a good time. Uh, there's always the possibility, though, with rallies, uh, things can go terribly wrong. I can't even imagine what would happen, you know, if Antifa showed up, uh, you know, and, and the gun owners were around. Gun owners tend to not be, you know, shy people. Uh, you know, they're not scared by the usual things. Uh, you know, you you take a gun owner, uh, you know, that's a skilled hunter or, you know, somebody that's very familiar with firearms and, you know, shot a number of uh, different size firearms. They, they tend to not scare easily. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're engaging in activities that some people find terrifying and, you know, without uh, without even thinking about it. So they're not they're not really a shy bunch. And to put them in an environment with a bunch of angry, uh, you know, violent, typically uh, people uh, would probably not end well. Uh, you know, the, the idea that we could all get together is a great thing. Uh, I don't like the idea, though, of uh, creating static uh, for you know, our membership uh, because somebody decided that they weren't going to get pushed by somebody else. So, I mean, there's always some dangers in that. And uh, speaking of dangers, you know, I gave some thought to the ban. Something that's always been uh, on my mind, if you go back in our YouTube videos uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, you'll see that I've, I've talked about it. I don't know that uh, I went into great detail, but the truth is, is that bans sometimes create a much more dangerous situation than the one that uh, currently exists. Uh, there's always the possibility. And, you know, we never recommend this uh, here on the Canadian Gun Vault. You'll never hear me endorse uh, any legal activities. I don't believe in doing that. Uh, the laws are in place for a reason. Uh, we should obey the law. Uh, in most instances, I would say there are very rare exceptions. Uh, and, and again, I would never encourage anybody to do that, that you'd have to make a personal choice uh, on that front. I always encourage people, uh, you know, violence is not the answer. Uh, never, never, uh, you know, threaten people. But if things are banned, there's always that possibility. There's always that possibility that people are so fed up, that they're feeling so screwed over, and they've spent their hard-earned dollars on these items, that when you ban things, uh, and, and some people really feel strongly about this, and I think I'll, I'll, I've got to admit, I, I believe I'm one of them. When you ban things, you actually create a very strong and healthy black market. You know, uh, if you've spent $5,000 on a rifle 
and suddenly the government says arbitrarily that you no longer can have said rifle and you will turn it in for destruction without any form of compensation. So you spent $5,000 on that rifle. Maybe that's your, like, you know, your whole wad. I mean, that's, that's all your enjoyment money. You've saved up every penny you could to own that rifle and to have enough ammunition to enjoy it and use it. And somebody's going to come along and take it. And not only are they going to come along and take it and not give you any money for it, but they're going to tell you that the reason for them taking it is because uh, some, some idiot without uh, a license at all and who didn't go through anything uh, to get that gun other than obtain it illegally, that person, because that person went offside and did something completely asinine, that you suddenly are losing your private property. And that to me is terribly wrong. And I could see some people uh, really taking issue with that, feeling raw about that. And, you know, with the idea that you would give up that property, uh, you know, that you've worked hard for, I mean, that, that realistically what it says is that the government can wave a magic wand and rob you of your man time, you know, like the man time, people time. How about that? I'm sure somebody will enjoy that one. Uh <laughs> You know, would rob you of the uh, man hours or people hours if you want, uh, you know, <laughs> that it took to work to, to earn the money necessary to purchase that item. Suddenly have to give that up. That, that doesn't sit well with me. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to feel the same way. And, you know, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to think to themselves, well, I'll be damned if I'm not going to get my $5,000 back. And there's always the possibility that someone is going to do something wrong. So you get this whole concept of a ban, and you get a whole bunch of people that are very unhappy and feeling very mistreated, and uh, you know the idea that you know your rights could be suddenly trampled on because I mean, you know we don't have rights to this property, and that's the reality, and that's something that definitely needs to change. You don't own guns. You know the crown owns the guns. Uh, the queen owns the guns. The government owns the guns. They allow you to have them. It's much like a license plate in a car uh, from a legal standpoint. Uh, you don't own the license plate on your car. You merely borrow it and you rent it from the government. And so they can take that back from you uh, at any time. And, and firearms fall into this category because they're not protected by property rights uh, the way they should be. And so, you know, the government could take them from you, and that's the truth. And they have the legal ability to do that. They have a majority government and the willpower to uh, do this. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of resistance put up, but the truth is is that they're probably going to just jam it on through. And I've always said that. Uh, the idea that they could take something from you like that, uh, somebody's liable to do something stupid and decide that they're not going to give it up and instead sell it to someone who doesn't have a license at all. Because uh, that would be the only person that would buy it, uh, somebody that doesn't care. And so then what you get is, you know, uh, a bunch of people selling guns to people that shouldn't have them. And, and that's not going to end well. So, I mean, the strong argument could be made, uh, you know, from a public safety perspective. And Ralph Goodale, I hope you're listening, that you're going to create a much more dangerous situation than the one that you're claiming to avoid. And I think the public should know it. I think that it's really important that people realize that if they go after handguns, it's because they know who have them. They will probably ask you to uh, register 
some non-restricted firearms uh, shortly thereafter and say, well, you know, we're going to let you keep them, but, you know, we're interested in knowing where they are. So that's, you know, that's really what this is all about. It's about, you know, public safety. So, you know, uh, you know, we didn't want to bring back the long gun registry, so we're not going to do that. But we're going to take the handguns for now. But we ask that you just, you know, these particular models, these particular makes, uh, you know, the scary looking ones. Yes, those ones. We'd like for you to register those. You know, the same way you do handguns now. So, I mean, really, it's not, it's not a registry. We're just, we're just adding to the existing uh, system that's in place. And, and then the restricted class is just going to grow. That's all. You know, we're not asking you to register. Uh, you know, we're not creating a long gun registry. But we'll ask you to do that, you know, in celebration of being, you know, a, a legal law-abiding firearm owner. We'll ask you to do that. And then a few months later, they'll tell us, well, you know, we changed our minds. We've decided that, you know, the laws weren't really effective. We obviously didn't go far enough. Wendy Kukier was right. Uh, we should have we banned those ones, too. Thank goodness we asked you to register them so we know where they are. And that's exactly what happened in the 90s. I got to tell you, folks, the liberal government, they're, uh, they're not a really original bunch. Uh, you know, say what you want, but I mean, some people argue that they're not very intelligent either. Uh, I think they're just smart enough to cause us a lot of problems. They do have the power to do this right now, so you should expect that. Uh, I think it's really important to get onto all the different forms of social media, you know, get out there on Twitter, get out there on Reddit. Uh, and talk about these things. Let people know what's going on. Don't just tell them that it's going to be ineffective. Tell them that it's actually going to make things much, much worse. you got a bunch of people that own these guns that want to keep them that have never been in trouble. And if they're forced into a position where they may have to, you know, just give them up. Like, I mean, if somebody came to your house and said to you, look, I'm sorry, I'm repossessing your car. And you're looking at them and saying, well, I, I own it. Well, yeah, the government wants it. And you know what? You really don't have much to say about it. So we're going to take it. Don't worry. We're not taking both your cars. The other one we can leave in the driveway. But guess what? You can't drive it. Um, you know, in fact, if we find out you fill a tank full of gas and even rev the engine in the driveway, we're going to throw your ass in jail for 10 years. Like, that's the kind of laws uh, that we live under. You know, uh, that's the kind that's the kind of proposals that they're making right now is they're going to take some things from us. And, you know, for all the people that thought that I was, you know, ringing alarm bells a little prematurely, uh, I can tell you right now, I don't need to know that I'm right. I knew I was right then. Uh, this has always been the plan. Uh, I've, I love watching them advance towards it. Uh, they've kind of been caught with their pants down with this last shooting. Uh, I think they expected it to turn out a little better than uh, than it did for them from a, uh, a you know media spin standpoint. But they're still working it. Uh, apparently, the narratives changed recently. It went from being a smuggled gun to now being a gun that was stolen uh, from a legal firearm owner. Uh, you know, what do you believe? Again, I implore the good women and men of law enforcement, the people that uh, of all Canadians should have the most integrity. I only hope that you report this incident fully, completely, objectively, and honestly. I think that it's really important that the Canadian public know the truth about what happened there. And if uh, anyone has any information about the shooting, that they come forward. Uh, it's in the interest of the public that they know exactly what transpired there. Uh, we're interested in the truth. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's already screaming the word bigot. Uh, I'm just saying that we should know exactly what happened there. Anyway, that's about all the time I have for uh, tonight's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight and stay safe.